Who did we just lose? Melissa. We just lost Melissa. Just as I go live, Melissa decides to leave. She was offended <laughs> by offended. you know the joke that I just did with her. So you know whatever. Welcome back to Chat on Education Live, where it's. Uh, I was joking today that Friday. Uh, oh, hey, you know, welcome back, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so this is the this is our second one. Um, we we decided, you know, if you're watching on YouTube or on uh, Inside Participate on Twitch, uh, you're you're watching some graphics. We, we decided to plus up the production quality slightly, um, um, but you still got to deal with me. So I'm sorry. Uh, but we do have to make up for it. Um, some great people joining us tonight on from the team diana mcgee's with us audrey thornbro melissa pilikowski and the one and only glenn irvin who just got off uh from singing on facebook mm -hmm. um which is always fun you should go always go watch glenn sing songs to you he'll sing in spanish if you ask him to yep. <laughs> usually i do sing even if you don't ask me to <laughs> it's very exciting <laughs> It's always fun, and he'll sing Mr. Jones. What's his? What is your? What is your go-to? If you had one song, your desert island, one song to sing. What is the one song that rules them all, Glenn? Uh, probably La Bamba. I mean, as as I've played it so many times that it's okay. It's like second nature, so it's I don't even get nervous. Actually, I used it, Mike, as part of one of my you know presentation keynote thingamajiggers, and it actually helped me to to not be as nervous wow to actually play it and sing it and then after that moment i was like oh i'm good you know <laughs> I, it was weird if you would think it would be the exact opposite but i've played it so many times yeah. for open mic nights and in front of my students whatever it might be that's <clears throat> the song to calm me down maybe it's just a, a technique though <laughs> sing along with your audience and then everybody just then you just it calms the nerves and you can just go on with your presentation yeah, I like it. That's a theory. <laughs> I like it. How's everyone's weeks been? Has anyone got any cool stories to tell? No? <laughs> That's our lives right now. Yeah. We were extended is... for our stay-at-home orders for another few weeks. So, you know, we're still stuck at home for a, a while longer. Yeah. But... That's in Minnesota. So, yeah, mm -hmm. there was um, I have no doubt that Ontario won't go back to school this year. They I will. They haven't announced it, but there's no way. Yeah. Oh, that oh, that they won't. Oh, go that, back. They, they won't. They won't go back yeah, this no, year. No, Kentucky's no. not going back this year. Kentucky's not going. Back. OK, the Nebraska, I saw a national news story Melissa, that. It may have been actually in your town, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was <laughs> like, I don't think can it was I make a joke about Nebraska? But oh. I'm it was a national yeah. news story about a mall. Um, maybe it was Omaha. I'm like, I can't remember which one. Is, it was it was. Lincoln? Because I think it could have been. But okay. Anyway, they, go ahead. Showed, it was not. A, it was not a mall. What are those called? The outlet stores. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they did an outlet store story where they showed um, how they're going to open up. And then they're going to keep people away from each other. They have marked spots of where you stand yeah. to be able to enter the store next because you can only have sure. one set of customers in at a time or something okay. like that. So, but they, they actually had these little footprints 
mm-hmm. marked out onto, you know, kind of you do at a at an outlet where it's outside, you know, you're coming in from the outside. It looked really, I mean, smartly organized, but I was like, I was thinking about, you know, when you're in an outlet, there's a crap load. Of, there's usually a lot of people all around, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, you're going to have like 20 people <laughs> at this. Is our new you know? future where we just hate being around other people, like <laughs> in general? Uh, like, I mean, that's a new, that's a new- you are like six inches from me you need to step back like <laughs> 10 years from now we still have this like phobia of being anywhere in any proximity to people like is this our new lives is that, it was is kind that, of my life before new? i was gonna say that's my husband i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny you said that my husband said the same thing the other day he's like i kind of like this like not having to be around people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not feeling the social social distancing removes social obligation. Yeah, yeah, it's it works for a lot of people. Like I, I mean, as far as like it, it it hasn't affected. But I mean, I I know that some of us, we actually like to be in proximity to each other. You know. Yes. And Mm -hmm. um, I I was just thinking about different cultures too. Like in Latin America, there's a lot of affection that's shown by actual physical uh, interactions with people. Mm -hmm. Hugs, lots of Mm -hmm. hugs. Lots of like you hold people's head, kissing, mm-hmm. you know, as far as on the cheeks mm-hmm. with friendships. And yeah. when you have, when you remove all of that, that's got to be it's really different. devastating. Yeah. To, mm-hmm. to kind of what your normal uh, interactions are with people in the United States. I think we're always uh, uh, just in general, the different, the comparison between the two, we're, we're of course stand- standoffish mm-hmm. than, than you would, you know, as far as, especially specifically with Latin America. Huh. I was thinking, I was telling, uh, there's a funny story I won't tell, but it it was related to when Melissa and I met. Melissa, do you remember where we met? Wasn't it at ISTE Chicago? Yeah, it was at the Classcraft thing. Yeah. You remember that? I Uh, do remember that. We made the the quests, and then I ended up um, sitting at a table with Alice and Steve and uh, but uh, I, I, we hung out for quite a while that night. That was fun. We did. It was a good time. And who knew that what our friendship would become? <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Hey, so we, um, you know, we, we brought questions today. We mm. brought guiding topics. Awesome. I don't really want to call them questions. Just thoughts. Mm. Related to the podcast. So we had the podcast. You should go listen to it. If you are watching this recorded on YouTube or on, on you know, the stream on the podcast stream, because I think we're going to put this one out. Um, you should stop listening to this one and go listen to the podcast and then come back. And then, yes, come, come back. Okay, yeah, come back. But I mean, you can go listen to that and then come back. You'll you be know. wildly confused if you don't listen to the podcast. First. Sure. Hashtag more downloads. Um, so we have we have ideas. Look at this. We we even have graphics. Look at Ooh. us with our production quality. So, um, you know, I I oh earbuds. I loved <laughs> this question, mm-hmm. and and so I I you know I weighed in on this, and Glenn weighed in on this. So so this is really for Audrey and diana and and melissa i'm yeah, super interested in their answers to this question so we talked on the podcast um uh, you know twitter twitter was good to us 
this week um, <laughs> with with kind of guiding ideas and, and whatnot. And and so this question is um, whether we're the same on Twitter as we are in real life. Um, you know, who wants to take a stab at that first? <laughs> I, I'm interested in your thoughts, all three of you. I totally will, because I've I thought about this ever since I I read the blog first and then I listened to the pod. Um, and for me, my gut reaction was the same as Glenn's, that I'm probably like 80 to 90 percent. Mm. But there's probably a 10 to 20 percent that, first of all, people probably just don't want it. Like, it's just not healthy for people to see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, especially when I'm stressed, you know, I can easily go down that route of negativity. And I'm not a fan of negativity on social media. There's a difference between bringing awareness to a troubling issue that's out there versus venting about something your school is doing or something about or child teacher or someone and I kind of just try and err away from that because not only it's just other people it's not good for them to hear me complaining social media and it's not good for me so it's kind of just a personal health thing too so yeah I'm more like Glenn that I'm probably you see that positive side of me on social media but yeah, I mean, there's definitely that human side that the more you get to know me, the more I reveal that or the dark humor side uh, that that's there, too. And I know that that's not everyone's cup of tea. So sometimes I try and scale that back a little bit. So that's I, I'm going to go 80 to 90 percent. So, Diana, Audrey, I'm probably probably the same. Never really had thought about it. Um, my husband thinks that I think I'm funny, but I'm not. <laughs> he says I'm not funny. I try to be funny. So if if I come across as that's not really funny on Twitter, then that's probably me because I'm not really that funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I agree about not putting things out there that I would say one-on-one -on -one to someone in a private conversation mm. in person, but I won't put that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, for me, I think on Twitter, I'm, yeah, I mean, pretty realistic, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting when I, I was thinking about this question, and I wasn't just thinking about Twitter, but I was thinking about all of the social media. Yeah. And I think like, who I am on Instagram and who I am on Facebook versus who I am on Twitter are different. Yes, um, that's so true. And, well, the platforms are different, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The platforms are very different. And yeah. then also just the people who... I'm friends with or who I follow right. or who follow me are very different. Right. And so like on Facebook, it's a lot of friends and family. And so I really just, you know, share pictures of my kids and, you know, crafts that we're doing, things like that. Um, whereas on Twitter, I do talk a lot more about, you know, education. Um, yes. Hamilton, the musical. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so and I am a lot more snarky on Twitter than I, and I don't really comment on Facebook much to people. So, yeah. That's a good point. The, hmm. the, the three different platforms. Actually, I, I don't interact much on Instagram because I don't know how. I don't play that <laughs> it's game so much very fun. Well. <laughs> yeah, I don't. 
I don't, not, I don't, don't do the Instagram as well as other people do either. Yeah. But on the Hamilton side note, I just have to say, I, I saw a story that there were more people who saw Hamilton in Chicago than they did in New York. And mm. I saw wow. it. Misty was there. I've seen it okay. actually twice, but I saw it in Chicago. So I thought, oh, I was one of those people. It was awesome. Yeah, same. Yeah. That's where I went to go see it too. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, Mike's. Mike. Mike's Mike is Mike. Yeah. Mike, Mike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> funny that you bring up the idea of being different in different social media. Because I am different on Facebook than I am on Twitter. I don't know. I'm I'm friends with I think Glenn and Melissa are me. Facebook friends. Are you? Mm -hmm. So I actually have. <laughs> you can change. Oh, look at odd odd man out. You don't get, you don't get to be this. part of that club. So, Sorry. Yeah. No. So my <laughs> friend. I only. <laughs> I only. I see. Have a look. I only have um. So <laughs> I have a complicated thoughts about facebook and and like i'm pretty per i'm a lot more personal so i share a lot more about my family on facebook certainly my politics on facebook uh are 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 a lot more front and center uh you know and my politics are pretty out there like in terms of like people if you listen to the podcast and you know hear me talk then you know my political leanings already but i'm more vocal about them on facebook um maybe we aren't friends on facebook i'm looking <laughs> It's okay. We she, can. She you. I, I, I don't, but I don't have a lot of Facebook friends. I, I have a very small Facebook group as opposed to other, you know, like the, like some of these other ed tech folks have like, have, use it as another, you know, marketing, so to speak, right. arm of their whatever. And I don't, I've never done that. You know, I get tagged in people's things all the time time on facebook and i actually remove my tag sometimes because mm -hmm. you know my facebook is more personal it's not for business it's for yeah. you know me to talk about video games and politics and food and nonsense and and not i don't so i i i share like the podcast and i share like the big things happening in my life like the like the minecraft thing and and other stuff like that but i don't share like every single like thing that's going on all the time. I try not to anyway. Sometimes but that's why I thought we were friends. Cause I saw something that you made for dinner the other night. Where would I have seen that? He posts that on Twitter too. Oh, okay. I, so that's so yeah, because, oh, okay. because one of the things these, that I did do. Marks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I do, I don't really use my personal Twitter. I have a personal Twitter account. Uh, I don't really use it. I actually don't even have it on my phone anymore. Uh, because I don't, and I don't have it on my tweet deck either. Now that I'm, I'm just looking at it right now. I don't have it there either, uh, so I don't use it at all. Um, because definitely my personal life and my professional life are very, very one and the same, or very similar, anyways, in a line. I want to talk about Facebook real quick because I've brought this topic up before in the past. Um, mm -hmm. I honestly think that. And I mean, and I believe that a bunch of people back up this this type of statement. And just personally, that Facebook has actually destroyed more relationships that were actual <laughs> real relationships 
than it ever has made me relationship. Like I have a bunch of friends or whatever you want to, you know, as far as on Facebook and they are all mm. just people that are, that we meet at conferences. Let's call them edu, edu personalities. That's, let's just call them that. And they'll friend you, just friend them back, whatever it might be. But actual family members and former mm-hmm. friends that I used to have in high school and in college, there has been a crazy amount of what I, I was just joking around as far as with Diana, but it, it literally blocking people, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, like people blocking me. Um, oh boy. And, and it's, and, and those interactions actually, as I start seeing, as I move, remove myself further and further from Facebook, as far as looking at the political, especially posts, mm-hmm. um, I can see from an outsider that that's actually, it feeds you more. It feeds the beast mm-hmm. as far oh, as yeah. the, the angry beast of yes. who we actually are, yeah. especially on the political side. And it continues to push us, obviously, further and further away from each other, you know, as far as uh, uh, ideological beliefs or whatever my political beliefs, whatever it might be. And we have a hard time now uh, finding things in common. And then it becomes really awkward, everybody. <laughs> this summer, I had a family reunion, and I hadn't seen a whole bunch of people on my dad's side of my family. And let's just say and you, that had, you exact... had blocked like half of them on Facebook. <laughs> let, let just, let's just say that I've had some really gro- like bad. I, it shouldn't have been on on social media, you know, interactions with some people that were in, in the family, and from years ago. So it was gonna. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be so awkward. We're all gonna yeah. be in this exact same space. And it ended up not being, you know, it ended up being about the celebration. And thank God, you know, it was only one night that everybody was actually all together, you know? Um, Yeah. So anyway, I was just thinking about the platform itself, how I post uh, pictures of my kids and those types of things, but I really do a little possible as far as interactions on there because of that huge the huge divide that it creates and actually the it, it makes me feel gross a lot of the time like I, I i literally walk away from facebook sometimes i'm like why did i even look at this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sometimes i go like i if i wouldn't have known that about my friend who i've known since i was like 12 or whatever it might be and i grew up with them and cherish oh, the relationship yeah yeah it if i didn't know that i actually would still be really good friends with them but now we have this have this really bad thing and, and it's it, it sucks i mean as far as that 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 has created that type of thing not only in families but friends and mm-hmm. and, and just acquaintances in general so that's my well, spiel about facebook this this pandemic or whatever stay yeah. at home social distancing whatever you want to call it it really has brought out the sides of my neighbors mm. who are friends of mine on folks on facebook and i'm like I had no idea that they were like that. <laughs> so, I mean, we're not, we're neighbors. We're not, yes. we don't do things outside of just being neighbors, but I had no idea that they felt that way about certain things. And I'm like, I don't know. You're right. You're, you're so right, Glenn. And mm-hmm. like Glenn, I have just because we're a small community and I have had to unfollow people because mm-hmm. I found myself having difficulty talking to them face to face, Mm -hmm. seeing the misinformation, the fake news that they post. I mean, I lost respect for a lot of people that I knew and 
you know, my students' parents. And I just had to simply unfollow them. And they still tag me once in a while because some of the stuff they post is, you know, family stuff that I do want to see. But when it was interfering with, like Glenn said, your personal relationships with people Mm -hmm. and I, yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. It's almost like we'd all rather just be acquaintances with people than, than actually, actually know them. You know, know. that actually, that's, there's something to be said about that. Like the more that we actually do know about each other, that actually could be a bad thing. That's why like <laughs> only certain people could actually be married to each other and, <laughs> and for an extended mm-hmm. period of time. And a lot of people get divorced after a while. It's just like, I can't stand that vo- can't stand that voice anymore. You know, that's, that's those things, those whatever might be. And I'm serious. Like if, when you know that kind of surface level, you're like, okay, I really like that part of who you are. And I'm, I'm just going to stay enamored with that part. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to know the whole full picture. <laughs> uh, comment, uh, comment on the, on the Twitch chat. My Twitter account is used solely for the purpose of my professional, uh, my professional and YouTube experiences. In so much as in so much that I'm a professional, it's accurate. But let's be real. Sometimes we let our hair down. I let my hair down all the time. <laughs> Same. Yeah. <laughs> it looks nice. I'm having a great hair day. Yes. Are any of us really having good hair days anymore, though? I mean, seriously. I think Mike, every, Mike and Glenn are having the yeah, best. Every look, day is a good hair day for I me. need to have... A haircut appointment. I need yeah. the salon to be open. Next <laughs> Thursday, I have a cut and color appointment. Seriously? They are um, opening. There's a soft Nebraska. open on Monday in Nebraska. Everyone wears masks. And what was really important was that my daughter turns 16 tomorrow and she wants to become a brunette because she's tired of people thinking that she and I are the same person from the back. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I have because, one of those daughters too. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I really got to get her in. It's her sweet 16 and our stylist was like, absolutely. But mm-hmm. yeah, I got in too. So yeah, That's me. awesome. That's awesome. So if you need a haircut. In Nebraska. Nebraska. Right now. <laughs> Nebraska. Of course we can't Go fly there. So. I, so it's a good it's a, it's a beautiful drive. No traffic right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, it's because nobody <laughs> lives in Nebraska except for you. Well, <laughs> Omaha and Lincoln, where the outlet is, they do. But yeah, yeah nobody yeah. lives where I am. <laughs> nobody lives in Nebraska. You can probably drive like 90 miles an hour. At least you can see South Dakota yeah. to get to Nebraska. So it'll, it won't take too long. Yeah. So, so we had... Um, Tyler Shaddix on from Go Guardian, and and it was it was actually quite a great interview. I don't use the word wow. actually all the time. I hate the word actually, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, my word precision brain of mine, you know, hates you know the the qualifier. But, um, you know, I think I think I I I wasn't expecting what we got from him, and and some of the information was pretty pretty eye-opening um Mm -hmm. you know the stat that's not in this in this but is in i think in our blog post so if you go to oneducation.com uh and go to oneducationpodcast.com and go to the blog um 60 of kids uh have so 40 sorry 40 of kids so 40 percent of devices haven't even been turned on since the Mm -hmm start of the kind of the the lockdowns the pandemic that out of school 40 percent of devices which is unbelievable um but this this 
this whole idea here of students logging in uh, at all hours of the day, all hours of the night, and even in the wee hours of the morning, uh, or staying up, frankly, and, and doing things even on the weekends, um, is is probably a little bit new to most schools and most um, cultures and classrooms. Um, and this is a good question. What does this mean in terms of flexibility needs from the teacher? Um, I was I was thinking about this as I was kind of reading it and getting ready for tonight and thinking that I almost want to reframe this and that everybody needs to be flexible, right? Like in every way, like it's not just, it's not just about being flexible with your suits, even though you need to be obviously. And this is not the time for like zeros. And if you don't hand it in on time, you're going to fail. You know, frankly, it's, it's absolute bullshit. It's so ridiculous uh, that we would, we would like put those types of types of limitations on our students during this like emergency learning uh it's absolutely insane to me um but you know every teacher also has their own circumstances their their situations that are going on in their lives their mm -hmm. kids their kids need to be taught you wouldn't believe uh how many twitter posts i've seen in the last couple weeks of teachers saying i can't teach my kids and my students at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can't, mm -hmm. I, this, this isn't working for me. So, so I'm choosing to teach my kids, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're my children. Um, so, oh, and I saw, and I saw just the opposite. I saw a tweet and I'm assuming this, this mom had, this teacher had younger children, like elementary age. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and she said the opposite. She said, I'm choosing she said, my children will be fine because I'll catch them up. So I'm choosing my students. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I yeah. that one too. Yeah, what I, I just, the fact that we have to be put into the position where we have I to know. make that choice is I so know. Yeah, exactly. To be honest. Yeah, I spoke with a, a teacher today um, and he his wife is also a teacher. And he was saying the same thing. Like he has to take time to like teach his class and then he has the kids while she goes and teaches her class. And then, you know, they're flip flopping and then they're trying to do school. And, and it's just, he's like, I'm struggling and goes, and we're teachers and we're struggling. I can't imagine the families that, you know, are broken or, you know, don't have teachers in them to be, you know, teaching the kids all this stuff. It's, there's a lot that people are having to juggle. Um, so yeah, flexibility is, we, we well, have to have it. I'm a, I haven't been in the classroom in a couple of years, but, but I was a high school teacher. And so honestly, students staying up till 2 a.m. doing homework, that's yeah. been happening for centuries, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the stay at home orders, we have seen in our district that a lot of our high school students, they're actually working during mm -hmm. the day mm -hmm. because they're going in and working at Wendy's or in a grocery, grocery store. These are high right. school kids that work at grocery right. stores. And, yeah. Exactly. And so then they're not doing their homework till late at night. And our, fortunately our high school teachers have been very, very, very good about being flexible. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's got to be, we have to be. Mm -hmm. That, that quote, that someone said about how, you know, we'll never 
we'll never remember, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you know, we'll never remember how our kids necessarily were like taught or like, right. you know, what they've learned, but we'll remember, like, they'll remember how they felt though. Yeah. These, mm -hmm. their emotional mm -hmm. scars or lack of them will be apparent right. way more than what they were taught or not taught during right. this, you know, this mm -hmm. weird, yeah. this weird, like four month, five month period of their lives you know, you know, we can fix that. And from an education standpoint, we will because teachers are awesome and they'll do what they always do. Right. We'll figure yes, it out. Absolutely. But, you know, the, the emotional scars are going to like, you know, potentially live longer than than anything. As far as the mm -hmm. quote, too, that you were talking about working at 2 a.m. This is one of those things, Mike, that you had referenced, like said, I hope that some things do change as far as after this yeah. from the lessons that we've learned. Um, one of the things that I think will change is the, the realization, for, especially for secondary high school teachers specifically, I'm talking about that there is flexibility in schedules, the way that the schedules are created, the schedules that, you know, for our elementary kids mm -hmm. seem to at least for the most part work, you know, as far as, this, this type of you, you go to school 8 a.m. and you end at 2 p.m., whatever it might be, you know, as far as the schedule there. Um, for a high school student, the flexibility of having flex days where they don't attend some days and some days they do or they can or not, you know, those kinds of things where you give the options that we, we, you might work during the day or do internships or do some kind of combination of a couple of different things. And then your most productive hours as far as schooling could be way late at night. And that's... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm totally okay because we've actually created the environment where that is a possibility and that's already being done i think at several different just like in pockets you know as far as some people some some leaders have taken that on and said let's create some flexible types of scheduling where where our students mm -hmm. um can take advantage of this for the reasons of that i'm just describing whether it be a working a, a job or internships or whatever it is that they need to do, or they're just not very productive at eight o'clock in the morning. And yeah. so that this has mm -hmm. to be, this is a better type of thing. So it, I think this is one of the things that will, we will see this uh, have an effect for future years. And this, if we don't, method. shame on us. Yes. I mean, honestly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The, um, it, I, I did a, I did a live stream with, some folks on Thursday afternoon. It's actually on the participate YouTube channel now related to the, um, there's this initiative being done by uh, a company called poly up. They're a math kind of math coding platform. It's really kind of cool. Um, they're doing this thing called the U S challenge. It's, it's an initiative to kind of um, mitigate the learning loss that's going to happen in, in, in math over the summer by, by de delivering some really cool programming. Um, and we were talking about kind of almost this exact thing uh, that, you know, we need to see this as an opportunity in some ways. Like I, and we all hate using the word opportunity, um, you know, in this context because of, mm -hmm. you know, you know, yeah. I don't know if I have to explain it, but you know, the fact is that this was the kick in the ass maybe that the education systems around the world and in particular in North America maybe needed to, to say, listen, you know, we're doing a lot of things wrong. 
Um, and, you know, teachers are the ones that are making up for it by being, you know, awesome. Um, you know, but we can make some changes here and hopefully mm -hmm. like class size. It's like, like, listen, if, if, if getting rid of testing and class sizes are two things that came out of this that changed, that would be a gigantic monumental okay. education system Absolutely. win, right? right? I'll just take be... testing out. Yeah. Right. yeah. But class, like class sizes, sizes that's classes a whole other battle. But right, yeah. but testing... they're going to change. Like, like when kids go back to school, maybe even in September, the class sizes are going to be smaller. It's but, at least in Ontario, how? we know that they're going to be smaller. They're going to be like 21, 24. So do um, you have the staffing to do that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we hey, have. Listen, that means we just got to hire more teachers and that's not or a bad thing. Or, or, but are there? Right. I mean, I, I would say at least in the rural areas of Nebraska, like there, they, we don't have the teachers knocking on our door. Hey, there's lots of teachers in Ontario working at McDonald's. Are there? So, okay. So we'll, we'll hey, send them. We've talked about that on the podcast. I yeah. mean, it's impossible mm -hmm. to find a teaching job in Ontario. You know, we, we have tons of teachers that aren't teaching uh, and are dying to uh, wow. that have that have funding is teaching degrees. Even in Ontario, which is exactly what you guys just had a big battle about that. Where we did. They yeah, they just signed uh, contracts uh, last week, I think, all this. Oh, good. All wow. the deals I are mean, done. So the, co the concepts that they were that your unions were fighting for are the exact same things that we fight for, which are we're trying to keep class sizes to some manageable amount. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa, I taught at a school that was tiny, like your, what you're describing. Mm -hmm. I, I taught a, a couple of different ones and I know exactly what you're talking about, where mm -hmm. there literally is a budget line where the superintendent will come up. You know, I was a union negotiator. He would just show you the number and go, this is how much the state is giving us. Right. This is how much we're expending. There is no room for yeah. hiring other people, bringing more things in, giving you a yeah. raise. And when you look at those numbers, you can't you can't argue with that superintendent. Mm -hmm. It's like he he actually literally doesn't have the funds to be able to go ahead and do the things that we're yeah. just talking about as far as increasing mm -hmm. class size or whatever it might be even at a bigger district like the one that Audrey and I are working at it's still when you add a few different teachers to each of the different let's say a grade level or whatever it might be it makes a big impact on the total budget of you know mm -hmm. moving forward as far as the schools especially if the state isn't in the you know federal government's like minimal amounts that they're giving us but that the state and local funds are being able to go ahead and contribute to us is like there's just a, a certain amount of money in the pot, unfortunately. I mean, and that's, mm -hmm. that's why I'm interested. When I saw those classrooms in Europe and then there's like 12 kids in a class, yeah. it's so, so freaking laughable. It's like, yeah. what? That's not going to happen. <laughs> and and maybe don't hey, do maybe like funding that. gets increased to uh, a person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think, I think we're. I just made the funniest joke in the world. It was hilarious, Washburn. <laughs> school districts are worried actually about their funding actually decreasing a bunch because of this yeah, whole thing, because because money is being funneled around to different things. They're points. taking it away from education. And right. so, so next year, our budgets are going to be cut even more. So that's the, I didn't even think about that. As we mm -hmm. have to divert money towards all of these mm -hmm. other things that are already 
I mean, we've already pushed out funds, checks and whatever yeah. it might be. And then there's all of this money that needs to be spent on whatever the vaccines, mm-hmm. the protection uh, care for all these, the people obviously are, are frontline workers. And then where the hell is the rest of the money? And then our economy is like right. going like this. It's like, Oh God. It's, I mean, there's going to be some, some bat, some things for education <laughs> down the road. It's just not going to look very pretty. I'm just, I mean, yeah. I'm, it's a realization that as far as in the United States, I don't think it is. What do you think as far as in Southeast? Uh, Diane, what do you think oh, about? Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. yeah. I would say yeah. that the funding, I mean, cause, <laughs> cause you guys are the same as, I mean, I think yep. all the States mm-hmm. in the United States where basically we rely so heavily on our state and local mm-hmm. funding to basically mm-hmm. pick up the big, biggest part of the bill that federal funding is a freaking joke as far mm-hmm. as the overall, you know, amount of money. Sorry, well, we had a in, uh, U.S. talk there, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Kentucky, the, the way the formula, um, the funding formula works, it was revamped in the 90s to be more what they say fair. But really what it is is the more affluent your district is, the fewer funds you get from the state level, because then oh. you're expected to put pull in your pub, your uh, local taxes. Mm-hmm. And I'm very blessed that I work in the district that is affluent, which is awesome. But that just means we get less money from the state than a district that gets a whole yeah. bunch of money from the state, but might not be using it appropriately. Mm. And I don't know, it's it's tricky. But all but it, regardless of the funding formula, we're all going to get less next year. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Something to look forward to. That's why that's why I'm retiring, yeah. guys. Ninety two days. Oh, congrats. Not that uh, anyone's counting. But but one thing I did want to You bring are up, for the record, you're absolutely <laughs> counting. I'm what? Yes. You're absolutely <laughs> Every morning I ask um Alexa, what day is it? Because I can't ever remember. And then I say, and how many days till August first? And she always tells me. Um <laughs> but I did want to say something about what Glenn said, um, because even if we could hire other people or additional people, I've always complained as the direct, I've been the director of technology for almost 20 years. And I've, I've always complained that people don't think about the extraneous costs that coming with that come with that, not just a salary, yes. but Devices. you got another, you got another person. Mm-hmm. So there's another thousand dollar machine, or you've got to put another phone uh, handset in a classroom or whatever, or in a space. And, um, you another know, it's <laughs> Yeah another smart board, another whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy for people to just say, well, we'll just hire, you know, we'll just hire four more teachers to take up, to cut the slack. But then you have to think about the extraneous costs that are mm. involved too. Great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have some aircraft carriers you could probably sell and still take care of business if you needed to. So <laughs> right. Lefty in me. <laughs> He's going uh, after the defense budget, I guess. Yeah, I, I would totally go after your defense budget. You could win world world wars many times over and you know, with okay, well, army. Okay. You uh, here's a there's a little bit of truth on that. My husband actually works for the Department of Defense. Wow. Um Uh-oh. and he works at he works at the GE aircraft engine plant here in um the greater Cincinnati area. And because there's not much air traffic right now. Like they're having to lay off people there, not in his yeah. company because he works for the government, but at GE where they make the aircraft engines, mm-hmm. they're having to lay off people. It's not Dang. good. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
wow. wild. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, let's what switch gears. Yeah. That you know. I don't think I was you knew what you were we getting were gonna, into. <laughs> I thought we were going to end on a, like an optimistic tone. We're going to be yeah. It's going to be changes. It's nope, like no, no more funding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Face to face teaching is hard. Uh, even you know for experts and shut my window. <laughs> people who are you know doing it uh, you know well. Uh, but teaching online is. Uh, very different than teaching face to face. Um, you know, so I guess so. Audrey, you you have you have classes. You're 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 an act like an actual classroom teacher. Yeah, I am not. Oh, am who not. is? I'm a, I'm a actual classroom it's teacher. Melissa. 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 Thank, thank God we actually have a teacher <laughs> on staff, like an actual a teacher on an education podcast. <laughs> who who Melissa, you can that? never, never <laughs> get a promotion. No. Never quit. <laughs> you you have just for us. But you could not pay me enough money to be a principal, a superintendent. What mm. those, I mean, <laughs> God's gift to, by the way, National Principals Day today. That's yes. right. Oh, Light yep. segue. Uh, I want to give it a shout out to my principal because he's super awesome um and he's ridiculous too and i love him but he announced yesterday that he was going to run a half marathon i think it's next week in dedication to our senior class oh he's not training or anything i mean he's he's just gonna he's just gonna go for it he's just gonna go and see what happens um so, and he's going to Facebook <laughs> update us. And I, I'm planning on probably just like bringing popcorn and eating at the finish line and <laughs> laughing him, at him, him roll in. because because that's what he would expect me to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, talk about someone who's just there for kids, who mm-hmm. is just that's willing awesome. to, he, he, there, there's nothing that we can do about their graduation and he is just reaching and doing whatever he can to bring a smile to their faces. So we're going to see this big six foot four guy uh, run 13.1 miles next week. So happy Andy Cronin, happy principal's day. All right. Okay. Back to this teacher thingy. (laughs) What's that in kilometers? We don't know, Mike. (laughs) Approximately 87 miles. No, <laughs> not not eighty seven. I think it's twenty kilometers. Otter, actually, Otter Otter's Mark Otter's watching. He might he might be able to do 30, the math in his head. He was a, he's a transplanted yeah. Canadian, actually, but he's probably been North Carolina too long that he he's he's all mild all the time now. Um, Mark, Mark Otter, formerly from Nova Scotia, you can't you can't take out the Nova Scotia from people though. It sticks with like their blood. Uh, it it is in their blood. Um, so what are we doing? What's what research based? Yes. Research based techniques. Well, I, I'm a big self-determination theory person. Give me some high chicks at me high and, um, you know, I'm a happy camper and, you know, they're all about, he, those researchers are all about choice and autonomy and 
getting kids and just people ownership in what they're learning. So what I'm doing is the same thing that I have done for years in my classes. It's just online, but they do their choice projects and their inquiry projects. So the seniors, my college comp students, so they're also college students, and they're doing inquiry projects, just whatever they want to write. So I've got a couple short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple research papers on coronavirus. I've one was about the financial impact of coronavirus in the stock market, which I mean, like, yeah, that sounds like this is really good. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but honestly, just some of the best writing that I've seen from them. Uh, uh, descriptive essay mm-hmm. on John Deere tractors because that's what the kids going into is John Deere mechanics it that's just awesome. really great stuff and then mm-hmm. the juniors it's similar but not quite so they're doing multi-genre projects so they can choose whatever they want to research and then they that. write mm-hmm. three different styles three different genres so they could write you know, a lot of them have written journals, some have done graphic novels and topics. There again, topics range from the sinking of the Titanic, a trail of tears, you know, some heavy stuff, but you know, there's some kind of fun stuff in there too. So I've actually mm-hmm. seen some of my students' best work just from these choice projects and most of them i'm not saying that they're all doing it because it's a choice project or if it's just that our probably so many teachers have built relationships and that um Mm -hmm. but not most of the students i i mean i would say probably 85 ish percent are done or close to done with their projects Mm. that's awesome so fantastic news mm -hmm. like choice is the operative word here Yeah, 100, whether it's choice of pacing, uh, choice of topic, choice of genre, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that kids have to choose everything, right? Right. but give them a couple of choices of this or this, and you can do assignment A and then B, or Mm -hmm. you can do assignment B. I mean, sometimes even just a little choice like that Mm -hmm. can make a huge difference. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really not to say the O word, but something that we have learned from this experience that, you know what, we don't need to have a new assignment every day that the kids have to do during that period and turn it in tomorrow. Let's let them practice some time management and practice some planning. And yeah, it's going to be messy sometimes, but I, I just think there's so much that we can learn from having more flexibility, especially at the secondary level. I don't, I cannot speak for the primary teachers because again, those are God's angels, but at the secondary mm-hmm. level, expecting kids to do seven or eight classes day in, day out, and then go practice football for three hours and then Mm-hmm. And the amount of traveling that my kids do is ridiculous because mm-hmm. our conference schools are on average at least two hours away. Yeah. So right. 
Great. Be on a bu- bus oh, for okay. hours afterwards. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can't, you just can't expect kids to have homework done. If you give them an hour of math homework at night, they're not going to get it done if they went to a basketball game right. at the conference school that's two hours away. Right. And bless mm-hmm. their hearts, some of them do. I mean, some, yep. we, some of them do it with Wi Fi on the bus and I don't know how they do it because I I can't even grade papers when I'm on the bus sponsoring kids. I don't know how they do pre-calc. Yeah. How about at, at the elementary, Audrey? That's the one that always concerns me the most. If we end up doing yeah. virtual learning, distance learning next fall for even a mm-hmm. shorter short period of time, let's just say we we were still doing it another month or something like that. Mm-hmm. The biggest concern for me is I have two elementary kids at home mm-hmm. and I'm looking at what they're doing and mm-hmm. it's yeah. what people can do. I mean, as far as it's what their teachers could put together, the best that they could put together in this short amount of time, you know, Right. Mm-hmm. but now that we have some time, I'm talking about the summer, what, I mean, have you seen some things that you're like, okay. Um, I think, well, the first thing that I really believe our LMP teachers are going to need to do is hone in on the hardcore standards that really actually need to be taught. Mm. Um, we, there's no way that we can expect all of the standards to be met, even when we're face to face. So I think if we can really hone in on hardcore standards that we are going to report on, um, then that will help us kind of guide those things but then also what melissa was saying um with choice we're doing personalized learning with my fifth grade this year and those kids transitioned into distance learning almost flawlessly they were so used to being able to have choices um in like what they were learning or how they're showing their learning and um learning from their teachers their teachers were already recording themselves and posting it in schoology so kids could you know rehear what they what the mini lesson was for that day or yes. like pause and take notes or whatever so that was already happening in our fifth grade and i know it can absolutely happen in our uh, lower grades as well um i think the, the the thing that's really gonna be hard is those kindergartners and the first graders um yep. i think mike you said that you're really as a teacher you're really communicating with the parents you're talking yeah. with the parents with this um and and they're taking over and then you know giving that information yes. to the kids um so i mean that that's just that's tough i don't really <laughs> know the answer to that one yet the the toughest part will be is if we don't get to go back to our school buildings in august is the new kindergartners oh, oh totally yes that, i was just talking about that with our kindergarten that. yeah what a nightmare mm-hmm. i'm not even <laughs> gonna they, bring that up to cheryl no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, my, I, my, I think I, my confidence level that wow. that Ontario schools will be back in school in September is is high, to be honest. Um, Canada is handling the virus quite a bit better than the United States, uh, and and oh, you thank know, you. <laughs> and, and, and you know. Um, universal health care helps, um, you know, so we're, I feel, I feel like there's going to still need to be some of the same systematic changes. Um, I think that class sizes will need to be reduced. 
I do. I am pretty confident that we have the teachers available to hire to kind of compensate for that. I actually uh, brought up to Cheryl the other day that we, I'm not super confident. We have the rooms, like the actual physical space. space. Right, right. Um, to add, when you add more. If you have to boxes, wear those, when you, those hats with the rulers sticking out. Right. right. So the, so the, sure next, in, the, the next industry that's going to experience a gigantic boom in business is the portable building business. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. These, 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 modular classrooms right they're all over the place in ontario because we've notoriously built our schools too small mm. um and and so like every elementary school has like two or three portables at least yeah. um and, you know and so welcome to a, a world where at least for the next three or four years your your field is basically a zoo of portables because you have to have classes that are in the 20s or low 20s Right. At the most, remember these portables aren't huge either. They can, you can probably sit fifteen or twenty people in it with social distancing. Mm -hmm. Right. Not mm -hmm. twenty-four, not third, certainly not like the same size as a classroom. So, um, I I, mm -hmm. I envision school fields full of portables um, in Ontario, and you know all of these teachers who have been waiting to be hired that are um, languishing on are what we would call our supply lists, our, our substitute teacher lists, mm -hmm. um, getting full-time mm -hmm. jobs, contracts, um, finally, uh, to be honest. And um, I, I see us back in school in September, thank God. Um, yes. Because, so. uh, you know, an intake of kindergarten students without a teacher or without a teacher that they see right. would be on be freaking leaveable like i can't yes. even imagine what that yeah. looks like and oh gosh the, yeah it's so <laughs> oh, bad it's such a sad to way to be honest it's such a sad way to start your school mm -hmm. career mm -hmm. like for sure. like for the kids right even if we do get to go back i working in an elementary school i see those teachers and how close they get to those kids, or they are hugging them, or they're helping, you know, like right. they're kindergarten kind of crying all the time. And I'm like hugging them, like, it's okay, honey, you know, like, I'm not gonna be able to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And that is just something that we do in the elementary, yes. <laughs> you know, like we are very, uh, you know, we take care of those kids, we love right. them, and we can't do that. And so we're gonna have to be like six feet away, like, eh, it's okay, yeah. like, this is great for me, don't worry about it. Right. Um, Padding from a distance. Yeah, yeah. Or not I even like, the, the remote Hi. high five the <laughs> pam and jim high five yeah well, I, I also think something that like if we don't get to go back or people do move courses more online is something that we need is ux ui design theory <laughs> mm. um i just think of like course design and you know walking my student or my, my teachers through how to set up their course so that it yes. is easy and understandable for their students and how so it's not so many clicks to get yes. to whatever they need. Um, so and oftentimes nice. they would look at me like, well, but it's easier for me if I just put it in this way. But yeah, it might be easier mm -hmm. for you, but it's you. not easier for your students. Right. And if it's gonna be difficult for them, they're gonna throw their hands up and they're not going to do it. So we need to make it easy for them. We need to think about the user and the interface that you're giving them and make that experience a positive one. Mm -hmm. So that design theory is you know, something that we've never been taught in, but it's very important. <laughs>
Totally. totally. One of the well, things before we go to cut off here, Mike, um, that I heard today that I had not heard of, and, and maybe we'll go ahead and bring it onto the podcast too, is the discussion of um, we, what if we don't start virtual, we don't start school at all in the fall, mm-hmm. being that we're not really mm-hmm. fully trained. This is not the optimal way of being able to deliver content, et cetera. You can just keep going. There's an, an equity issue. There's a bunch of discussion going on. And this is the first time that I'm actually hearing it kind of at mm-hmm. higher levels where you're talking about states levels that people are discussing if we just delayed the start of the school year in entirely right. until mm-hmm. late fall, October, right. October. Mm-hmm. type of thing, and then continue the school year through early, you know, basically for July. us, it would be through June slash July or whatever it might be. Yep. Um, that to me, I was like, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, that, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that just yet, but I guess in the end, whatever is optimal, number one, for the safety of the kids, but also if, if we can't educate our students in a, in a, in, in a great way, in this format, for whatever reason, the limitations are there, whether it be technology needs or it be training needs, you know, in general, mm-hmm. then maybe we shouldn't just, we should not be doing it, you know, until right. we actually have a time that, that we have it. So it, it'll be a good discussion, I think, Mike, as far as for, you know, in the future here as, as decisions are made and people are like, and I think it's completely 100% United States is going to be, every state is going to be different. Mm-hmm. There's going to yeah, be some yeah. of us, yeah. some of us in the Midwest that we're all going to do a certain specific thing. We're just going to band together and do this. There's going to be states where, like in Nebraska, where there's hardly any uh, cases People. and it's been contained in specific <laughs> places and boom, you're ready to go ahead and go. You know what I mean? Um, and then there's going to be places like New York where their their decisions are 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 way just different way than different. anybody yeah. else's. You know? yeah, um, yeah. So really, it's going to be a lot of different things kind of going on at the exact same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that is where we end it. Um, awesome. This has been fun. Um, thanks everyone for Thank watching. A um, couple reminders. Uh, so this is this is every Friday night at eight o'clock. There's lots going on on this Seven channel. Central. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. This is gonna be a thing now. Uh, every. <laughs> there's there's lots going on on this channel. Uh, if you're um, if you're interested, we're doing the the Gone Home game study. That's on Thursdays at uh, at uh, what time? Three p.m. The U.S. Challenge live stream is Thursdays at two p.m. Uh, Steve Isaacs and I are also doing a stream every 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 morning at nine a.m. on this channel. So uh, if you're not following this Twitch channel, go ahead and do that now. It's that little heart thing at the top you'll get notified when we go live uh and that's always good um the pod comes out usually every wednesday um you know subscribe to that you can click links you know there's lots of ways to click links and find us if you're following us on twitter uh but go listen to the podcast go read the blog uh the three ladies that joined us today uh including audrey and diana and and, uh, the some new teammates which is exciting uh so this is this has been audrey's first blog was today yeah. mm-hmm. uh and it was fabulous so go read that on educationpodcast.com um click on the blog link and you can read that um appreciate everybody who commented and and watched um 
And I think that's it. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for joining Bye, us. Everybody. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye, Enjoyed it. Farewell. <laughs> Have a <free> day. <laughs> <laughs>